Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast where we talk about what's going on in our brains instead of what's happening outside. We're your hosts, Megan Myers and Steffi Predmore. This week's episode, social media. Hi, Megan. Hey, Steffi. How's it going? Uh, it's great. I got a package in the mail today from you that had a coloring book of swear words. I'm pretty excited about that coloring book for you. It's pretty great. It has words like twat waffle in it, (laughs) um, which was fantastic. And the best part is that when Alex got home from work, I was like, hey, look at this. And his face lit up like a Christmas tree. That's amazing. What was the one that you texted me a picture of? Um, it was like Codwaddle or something. I don't oh, even remember. It, it was Cockwomble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this coloring book was made in the UK, by the way. It's fantastic. It uses, it uses the word twat way too much to have been made in the US. But it's amazing because, of course, Alex works in a kitchen. So... His vocabulary is quite colorful, and he and one of his coworkers call each other terrible names all the time. So Alex was like, I think I'm going to color one of these for Zach and take it into him tomorrow. <laughs> and he he's, went through every single page and read every single Well, he's got to find the perfect one. It was amazing. He was like, this is the best thing ever. So... It was a gift for me and also my foul-mouthed husband, so thank Perfect. you. <laughs> there are a surprising number of profanity-laden coloring books available on Amazon. I love that. Amazon is a magical place. It really, really is. You can find anything on Amazon. And now I'm just sad I didn't buy one for myself, but I do have kids who can read, so. Yeah, that is kind of an issue, so. <laughs> it really puts a damper on a lot of things I'd like to have in my house. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have a couple things in my house that are perhaps questionable when we get to the age where we have children who can read, but we've got a while, so. Yeah. You know, it's fine. In the meantime, I shall keep up my cross stitch that says... <laughs> This is the field in which my, you know, what is, what is it? The, uh, behold, the field in which my fucks are grown. Lay thine eyes upon it and see that it is barren. (laughs) It's pretty great. (laughs) So what's up with you? Um, so I have been trying to train for a 10K because I am crazy. And don't like yourself, apparently. I, I, it's very strange. Running and I have like a weird... It's a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Um, it's very abusive. Uh, <laughs> Not a healthy I like, relationship. I, I like the idea of running, and I like how I feel when I am done running. Yeah. But I hate all the rest of it. I like the idea of being like one of those gazelle people that can just run, and it's so enjoyable, but I... I, I mean, I'm definitely not a gazelle. I'm like... I don't, I'm trying to think of something that's like, I don't know, like a warthog. <laughs> run, like, I'm very slow. I'm not graceful. I probably don't have the proper footing. Um, that's a pretty apt description of how I feel when I run. <laughs> <laughs> she were wondering. <laughs> but, also in the warthog category. Yes. 
Uh, but for some reason, I'm like trying to make myself do it, and also like health. Um, Ugh, health. I know. But so, in order to like inspire me to do it, I got myself some new running shoes. Okay. I yes. was due for new running shoes anyway. But the ones that I got are so cute because they have little sprinkles all over them. I love that so much. I am jealous. They're actually pretty good running shoes, too. They're Brooks. Um, oh, yeah, so cute. they're not just like, they're not just cute. Yeah. They're good shoes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I had some other running shoes uh, from Allbirds, mm-hmm. but they are too tight to wear socks with. Oh, yeah. So I can't really run in those. They're like fashion running shoes. Yeah. Um, And they're really comfortable, but like I can't wear socks because they're just a little bit too small. I think, trying to remember, I think I've had a pair of Brooks, but they were a little wide for me, which is very sad because Mm. I would like a pair of sprinkle laden shoes. I do have a little bit wider feet, so it works out perfectly for me. I have a problem finding finding the right right fit but i think those are fit pretty well actually and you look cute to boot when's your when's your 10k again uh it's april 5th okay so you still got some time yeah i've got time i'm doing like the 10k couch to 10k program thing Mm -hmm. so as long as i keep it up i will make progress and not die when i do (laughs) you know always key yeah. And also, now that everybody who listens to the podcast knows about it, I actually have to do it. <laughs> Talk about accountability. Exactly. <laughs> so this week, we are chatting about why social media is great and also why it can kind of suck. To dive into this topic, I chatted with Kelsey Vanderbilt Rainyard. It was a great interview, so let's get to it. Welcome, Kelsey. Hi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, well, um, I'm 27 now, I guess, which is depressing. But um, <laughs> uh, so I live in Los Angeles. I'm originally from the Midwest. I'm from northern Indiana. Um, I just got married a month ago. Wow, and congratulations. Thank you. Um I am in law school. I am a birth mom. So I placed my son for adoption in 2016. Um, I'm, I work in adoption in the field. Um, so now I'm in law school. Uh, my goal is to be an attorney and make some big changes, I guess, to the adoption field. Um, just there's a lot that's, you know, uh, corrupt and mm-hmm. just like to contribute to that change in whatever way I can. So, yeah, that's kind of what has brought me out to the West Coast. And so, yeah. Cool. And Steffi said you also have a podcast now. Yeah, we just did our first episode. We just released it yesterday. It's called um, The Twisted Sisterhood. And it's with another good friend of mine. And she's also a birth mom. And we're both, we do both do, um, advocacy work stuff like that so it's a podcast by birth moms for birth moms so we're really excited about that excellent we will be sure to link to that into our show notes yeah 
So we wanted to have you talk about social media because you are someone who has experienced the great things that social media can be, (laughs) as well as some pretty ugly fallout from it. Can you share an overview of the role social media has played in your life? Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I've had social media forever. So, you know, back when MySpace and then I've just always been on top of whatever the next thing is coming out. And so for me now, it, it looks like Instagram is really my main thing. Like if I could get rid of Facebook, I, I would. Mm-hmm. I love Twitter, but I love it for my own. It's like my little diary. It's my escape that I keep yeah. private away from everyone else. But Instagram, definitely, I've probably received the most um, good and bad because I have a like a decent following. Um, I like 4,000 something followers. So, and it's just in that little niche community of the adoption community. So Mm -hmm. I'm a birth mom voice in that, um, on that little Instagram community. And, um, I've seen really great things happen there where, um, a lot of people are getting a, a ton of their education as parents from Instagram. So it's just totally 21st century way of doing things um but then also I I mean I use my platform to speak out against you know certain injustices happening in the adoption field um with professionals uh, scams and schemes that are going on and you know it, it doesn't take much for adoption to cross the border into human trafficking so there's a lot of stuff I talk about on there that gets really dicey. And so I, I have gotten um, quite a bit of pushback from a few. So it's it's good and bad. I've seen really the community really come together and and make huge changes and shifts into their education and the way that they parent, the way that they build their family, the way that they, you know, treat their open adoption. But then I've also seen it get really ugly, too. Do you think that they think the things that you share is more they're they're internalizing it? Yes. Like do you mean like um like they feel it's a it's a criticism of themselves yes, and not 100%. the system. It's such a adoption in itself is such a um, personal topic already because mm-hmm. most of my followers have some part in it whether they're an adoptee or an adoptive parent or a birth parent and so somebody has personal experience with this and people get really uncomfortable um, just as a whole in general they get really uncomfortable when you what you are saying doesn't match up 110 percent with what they've experienced or what they've felt on their side of the triad mm-hmm. so you've got that and then it's such a huge experience in anybody's life um adoption is so you know there's so many delicate emotions involved and um it just gets so personal so quick yeah and i think so Steffi and i both we have that criticism that we've gotten from being food bloggers but I think now too that Steffi is um, part of that Mm -hmm. adoption process she's probably getting into that a little bit Um, Mm -hmm. so I wish she was here to speak on that but being a birth mom in particular how has the criticism that you've received on social media affected you personally? Well um, I remember one of the first articles I wrote um, 
but this was before I even had like followers on Instagram and stuff. It was a long time ago, but um, I wrote this blog for this platform and it probably was not as informed as I, I wasn't as informed as I thought I was when I wrote it. And mm -hmm. so I wrote it, put it out there and I just got <laughs> just sliced and diced by the <laughs> by people. And it was hard because I was a year past placement and it was just it that sucked because I was like oh my god I had never had pushback mm -hmm. I had never had pushback on my decision to place my son I had really well I had but nothing like from the internet I don't know the people on the internet can hurt you in a very special way yeah it's like so, they go to some sort of school that like teaches you exactly yeah. what buttons to push to really oh, yeah. really get to you yeah whereas like I I know I had my family and I had people that were close to me that didn't treat me well after that or during the process or whatever. But um, and that hurt, too. But it was a different hurt, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's a different disappointment. It was just so I, I don't know. People behind their keyboards, they just get especially vicious. It's really weird. Um, but part of it, too, is the fact that because you don't know those people, Mm -hmm. I think that's part of what makes it worse. Yeah. Because... Oh, yes. Yeah. And everybody thinks that they're a detective, too. Yeah. <laughs> which is so annoying because, like, they'll just... They're, it's like everybody becomes a lawyer or a detective online, and then they're like, well, I looked at your profile, and you have brown eyes, and you are 27, so what would you know? Like, I, it's just the most bizarre attacks ever, and mm -hmm. it's so personal, but... Then again, like I've done similar things to people. Um, I've used social media in that way when I go after like professionals, not that down to their age and their eye color, but right. I do my research before I shoot my mouth off. So, you know, it's, it's, it's good and bad. I guess sometimes it also depends what side you're on of things. How so. has that has any of the criticism that you've received has that affected that the choices that you've made on what you share oh yeah for sure especially because I have my son's privacy mm -hmm. and his life to preserve and he's three and a half like you know you have to be cautious on what you share because your kids are going to be online before you know it like much sooner than you think too mm -hmm. yeah because sure. they're on those stupid uh, tablets all the time like <laughs> they're they're smarter than we give them credit for and the last thing I want to do is negatively affect him and that's like probably my number one priority um, when I'm thinking about what to share and what not to share but yeah I, there's a ton of stuff that I just you know I keep to myself and one of my biggest pet peeves is how even though it, it comes with it but having people follow you on Instagram gets kind of odd sometimes because people pour into your inbox. I have, um, I have 45 message requests right now that I haven't even opened. Like I, I don't even know what to do with that people. So the fact that people like really like to message me and there's really no escape from that. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I can't put so many, you know, private details out there. I have to be careful. Right. So. Are they people that are um, 
like are they spammers are they no it's they want like more it's adoption related yeah 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 Uh uh-huh and and it's like there's a lot of people that ask me for advice and I just I don't know I know that I'm like an advocate and stuff but I don't have the answer to everybody's problems right know what I've done to give them that and I think it security but you know if if you're already getting criticism for mm-hmm. the stuff that you are sharing, but there's if you share even more based on what those people are asking for, mm-hmm. like it's a slippery slope in terms of, you know, trying to be an advocate for adoption or turning it into something that you might not be prepared for. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's it, people have been. Um, I, I don't, I think my, I think I have pretty thick skin too though. And, and that's gotten a lot better over the past few years. I've had, I have it anyways, cause and that's just my personality, mm-hmm. but I, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I have like my self criticism is huge. So it's like, I don't need them to do it. <laughs> I can do it myself. Are there certain ways that you deal with? the criticisms that you do get do you just like shut it all off and walk away do you have like techniques that you um i mean i there are times where i just put my phone down and i'm just like well i'm over it Mm -hmm. um i have gotten upset about certain things um but usually if i get upset by something it's not because i was people are being mean it's because i said something that wasn't correct or I said something that was a reach or you know I fucked up in some way and it, and I feel terrible about it mm-hmm. not because people are mean to me it's all comes back to oh I think I hurt somebody or I think I've really made a wrong turn and I said something I shouldn't have right so yeah I don't know I sometimes I shut my phone off or it's not not usually though I don't know I just kind of or I'll just put it down I have no issue putting my phone down (laughs) that's fine with me I wish I wish that my son had no issue with that (laughs) it's a real problem in my house um thankfully not on social media yet that's good that's good (laughs) he's 12 he's it's addicting though like yeah I I have all my notifications turned off for social media so um, I haven't had my notifications on in years because there's no point. My phone would just go off constantly. So, but then it also is like, sometimes I find myself just checking it constantly and it's like, okay, nothing's changed. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's interesting. Pointless. I think, um, the difference between people that are, you know, adults and kind of grew up with more of it as it was changing like from MySpace mm-hmm. into all the things that it's is now and mm-hmm. um like teenagers now who just automatically have everything and right they only look at their phones all the time yeah yeah i um like i'm back in school now and i wasn't in school for f- 4 years cuz i graduated college and then i worked and then decided i want to go to law school mm-hmm. and i noticed such a gap between there's a lot of of students that are my age and older but then there's a lot of students that are right out of college right out of undergrad and they're so much more like stuck to their phone even more so than than I am or than my friends are and we're not that much older than them but the Mm -hmm. gap is huge 
yeah. the generational gap is massive. It's really interesting in terms of what they're able to do just like socially because mm-hmm. I feel they don't really know how to have regular conversations anymore. Yes. Because they do it all either through texting or with little videos or yeah anything like that. It's true. I It's so true. Like, I, I don't know. There's some really... I mean, lawyers are weird people anyway, so <laughs> they're a weird breed. But the people in law school, so they're already oddballs. But then a lot of them, like, just have a hard time. I have a hard time if the professor calls on me in class for, like, cold calls me and I have to answer. I have a hard time just because... I usually didn't do the reading, <laughs> but if I, if I know what I'm talking about, I'm fine. But if I didn't, I'm not prepared. That's so different. Mm-hmm. But like some of these kids are just like, they don't really know what to do. Like they don't know how to talk out loud. Yeah. It's kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that they figure it out before they have to go to court. Yeah. I don't know if it's, I think it's a variety of things that would lead to that, but mm-hmm. who knows? I hope that. I don't, I don't, I've, I've have never been to law school, so I don't know if they do like courtroom training. Yeah, we do. Like they would do I, for we media haven't done training. it yet because I'm just in my first year, but we have like oral advocacy rounds that we have to do in the spring, which okay. I'm not looking forward to <laughs> at all. Can overcome social media anxiety. Yeah. From that. So as, we've been talking about how social media has been kind of negative Mm-hmm. But there are definitely good things about it as well. Mm-hmm. So for you, what have been some of the more positive aspects of being on social media? Um, every year I lead this project called the Mother's Day Project. And we um, send cards, Mother's Day cards, to birth moms around the country. And that's probably my biggest thing is, um, like last year we sent, I think like, 450 cards to women around the world too it was birth moms like i'm trying to remember all the countries but it was like the uk the u.s canada south africa and another country i can't remember where but like that's huge because then i what i do is i get everybody like people that follow me or in the adoption community they all participate, and I get a P.O. box. They send them to the P.O. box. We read them. We readdress them, send them out to the birth moms in time mm-hmm. for Mother's Day. Um, and so that's really been a good way because um, to really campaign for women to have their motherhood recognized, even though they place their child and no longer have, you know, parental rights. So that's probably one of the most positive things that I've seen come out of it because not only is it this project that they all get to participate in, but I get to tell them like, how do we talk to birth mothers and tell them happy mother's day? How do we make this not awkward for the people saying it? Cause it's not really awkward to receive it. It's wonderful to, for someone to recognize your motherhood, but it's when people don't know what to say, then they make it awkward. So it's it was nice to be able to like use my IGTV to like tell them how to um, write a card to a birth mom and tell them, you know, kind of make us seem more human to them. So right. I've seen this from that project along with other people's, you know, projects and resources they put out there. Um, I've seen like a cultural shift in our community where, you know, 
we're seeing more like positive things come from it. So those are really, you know, really positive parts of it, which make to me makes them negative, like not a big deal. Yeah. I think basically you're changing the narrative and making that kind yeah. of, um, I guess previously almost invisible group, like mm-hmm. be more prominent. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you're choosing to do that. Um, not that it's, not I mean it's obviously like a huge part of who you are but I think it's interesting that you are using social media for that where most people um don't use social media for anything uh important Mm -hmm. I would say Mm -hmm. so do you feel like when you so when you started on social media is that where you knew you wanted to go with it do you have that in mind or to just kind of be a natural shift I mean I, no, I guess not. There was a lot of things like I didn't really expect to go the way that I wanted to go because after I got pregnant, really everything changed. Um, I mean, I have a music degree I've never once used. (laughs) So, you know, there's a lot of things that have changed my goals in life and everything. And social media has really been such a resource for me to be able to speak my mind and, and say what the things that I need to say. So, and and to my, you know, benefit and to the benefit of the community, like they sat down and listened. So, you know, it was really a two way street there, but I think, um, I don't know. I, I guess it's, it's just been interesting to go along this path because without social media, my networking for my goals that I wanted to do wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. I got a job. Um, I started a blog and then I got a, a job without even applying for it. Um, shortly after that. And just from meeting a few people from social media and then, um, the same happened with, I got speaking gigs and all kinds of stuff like that. And just meeting a ton of people who could connect me with other people. And I mean, that's been huge just for social media and the way that we um, distribute news has been huge too. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a adoption consultant that it just came to light a couple months ago that they were taking part in this um, illegal adoptions from the Marshall Islands. And there have been families that have known about this for months and families that this has happened to that they've been taken advantage of and their adoptions still haven't finalized years later. And they were being kept quiet by um, a clause in their contract with a consultant. And if they would have spoken up, they could have gotten sued or, you know, whatever. So social media has really played into that too, because you know, they gave their story to us and we were able to share their stories. And now people know Mm -hmm. where is that. And now people know where is that would still be going on and see whether businesses like it or not is going to be there. It's going and it's, they can be transparent in a good way or they can let it happen to them. And so I think it's requiring people to be, to choose, you know, do we want to choose honesty or do we want to look stupid? Right. <laughs> you know, like, um, so those things have been really great. And, 
you know, beneficial, even though there's a lot of hard conversations. I think that as a people, as a community, like of humans in general, even though social media is something that we are not equipped to handle, right? we're learning. And I, I think a lot of good is coming from it. It's just, it feels like a slow process, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's, it's, it's going pretty quickly. Yeah. It's been pretty fast overall. Um, mm-hmm. If you stop to think about how much has changed even in the past year or so. Oh, yeah. It's been a a crazy shift. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things about social media that people talk about all the time is authenticity. Mm -hmm. And I know we were just talking about, you know, brands and transparency and all that. But I feel feel transparency and authenticity on social media aren't necessarily the same thing. Yes. Do you feel that it is hard for you – to be sharing such personal stuff on your social media because it's not just that you're advocating for birth moms in general but it's I mean it's your story Mm -hmm. and does that get hard um I don't to be honest I don't share much of my personal story sometimes I will share about like grief I'm experiencing or something that happened a long time ago but I pretty much keep the stuff that's really personal to me, private. Mm-hmm. I do talk about other aspects of my personal life, like my relationship and, um, you know, family, stuff like that. Um, so sometimes, yeah, I mean, I want to be able to preserve, you know, our marriage too and not give a bunch of stuff away about that. I want to keep things private. I don't think it's that hard because I think I'm pretty disciplined enough to tell myself like, no, that's not appropriate. And this is to share. And I really, I think I've done an okay job of focusing my account on mostly talking about ethics and what's going on in the, in the, um, adoption field. Um, because I have a unique perspective as a birth mom and, um, I'm a paralegal and I'm in law school and, I've been working in this field for a few years now. So I think it gives me a different viewpoint that is that people like to listen to. So, um, yeah. For other people that want to be an advocate, I've I've been noticing on social media, um, I feel, I don't know if it's been, you know, since the, the 2016 election or it's just been kind of a a general like tide but that people are being more vocal in general about their their thing their cause Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i think there's been a huge growth in that and so for someone who wants to become an advocate for their cause whatever it is what advice would you give them to prepare them for all the things that come with that and putting themselves out there? Um, well, that's a good question. <laughs> Sometimes I think to myself, like, I don't even know how I did it. Right. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, I think the thing that really has carried me is like, my persistence is like, I don't quit. And if someone tells me no, I just go to someone else. Mm -hmm. Like I just go, that's probably me. That's my personality for sure. Cause if you ask my parents, that's, they'd be like, yep. (laughs) Shouldn't take no for an answer. So, um, 
just like tenacity and like persistence, perseverance, honestly, because and being creative with the way that you market to people or or don't even view it like marketing. Mm -hmm. I guess to me, like there are I'm creative in general. So what I put out to people, I want it to be visually pleasing. Like I I know that I, I'm always conscious of um I don't want to have my feed look fake. I right. don't like the whole feed that like all looks the same color scheme. I get it. Like it's aesthetically pleasing, but I don't want it to be fake. So I want to upload like good pictures. I don't like to owe, uh, upload shit to my, I mean, no one else, like everyone else has their own preference. Some people don't care. Some people uh, upload just whatever and they still get likes they still get exposure they still get shares and and conversation going and they still are successful mm -hmm. and that's fine but for me like what's worked for me is um making sure my content is like visually catchy and then the caption is good and then um i i think that you have to sell yourself on all fronts to be really taken seriously and then um, if you don't think of it like marketing, if you just are really passionate and you have a message that you have to tell people and you have to tell them every day or you have to tell them frequently enough so you get people to listen, I think you have to learn how to work the system, work the algorithms and stuff. So the technical aspects, the the pretty aspects, you know, you have to kind of play the game. Right. That's and which is good and bad. But and and connect with people and answer their messages <laughs> which i don't do a good job of but that's one of the worst parts of social media for me because i'm trying to hide from people <laughs> so i think that's mentioning playing the game like that totally is what it feels like to me and that's why mm -hmm. like i'm just i feel like i'm over social media even though mm -hmm. i still I still like Twitter, even though I don't use it as much anymore. I, hate, I love Twitter. I hate Facebook. Um, Twitter's my escape, though. Yeah, that's true. I have, like, I don't care about my followers. My followers on Twitter are, like, it's like 80 followers or something stupid like that. But, like, my brother, my husband, <laughs> a couple of my friends. And then I just, I think it's the most hilarious thing. It's not even about the people you interact with. It's just, like, you find a couple accounts that you really like and you really like hearing from and you don't even know anything about their personal life because it's not they don't overexpose themselves and on twitter like they do on instagram and facebook yeah it's just like you only have what like i don't even know how many 140 characters or something no like, it's it's 280 is it now oh they yeah. upped it didn't they yeah. they did i'm old <laughs> so what a boomer um <laughs> No, but like, yeah, so they have 280 whatever characters, so they have to make it quick. And, but I get a lot of like news from there too. And so, cause you know, it's nice to just kind of go through something really quickly and shut it off. And I never, I don't get mad about it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great thing that about Twitter that, that I like is that it doesn't feel like anyone's trying really hard to like impress everyone else. Right. And Instagram to me, especially because I follow so many food accounts, it just mm. feels like everyone trying to impress each other all the yes. time. Yes. And it's really exhausting. 
yes. to have to like scroll through to I, try and find my friends. <laughs> I know. And I unfollowed so many like I used to follow a lot of bloggers. Uh-huh. But it was that you find yourself getting like caught up. I don't know if you do, but like I always find myself getting caught up in like who's has these like beautiful profiles or the, they put out these beautiful pictures, but it's always of themselves like because it's these fashion style bloggers. Yeah. And then, you know, you'd get on their story and they'd have the most annoying voice for some reason. And <laughs> they'd be like talking about something that ba- bad happened to them today, but it was really not that bad. And it I don't know. It's so such a weird culture. It is very weird. Yeah. I couldn't do it anymore. So I just unfollowed a ton that I just really could not stand. And then every couple months I'll go through and I'll unfollow more and I'll re I'll follow other people. Cause I'm like, okay, they're just kind of, honestly, they're kind of disposable to me. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm ready for something new. <laughs> so especially yeah. if you don't actually like know them. Yeah. In real care. life. Yeah. 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 Uh, I do the same thing where I unfollow people if they if they start to show up or mm-hmm. especially if they're a food blogger and then all of a sudden they're like in every single picture and they're showing you their skincare routine <laughs> yeah yeah especially if they or if it's it's one of those things skincare routines especially where it's like this is what I do and like you already have flawless skin what are you talking about yeah like I know <laughs> I'm like over here like Oh, there's another zit, and whatever skincare routine they just showed me isn't going to work for me, so. Or they are, like, sharing their meal, and it's, like, the size of my hand, and I know their entire meal for the day. Yeah, it just makes yeah. me sad, and it, there are other people that make me mad, and uh, for weird reasons, Stephanie and I used to hate follow some people and complain mm-hmm. to each other about it, and we're like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is really toxic. I did the same thing, and it's like, wait, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. And so we can follow them. Um, Yeah. I have friends who they, uh, you know how Facebook sends reminders of when people's birthdays are? Yes. They unfollow them on their birthday. I I do that. Yeah. I used used to use, they don't send me reminders anymore for some reason. I don't know. But um, I used to use birthdays as a reminder that, oh, wait, I should delete them. Yeah. Because I'm not friends with them. from high school. Why was I like, ew, who cares? Yeah, I no, I can't. Facebook annoys me so much because you can get on Facebook after not being on for like 48 hours and it has like 15 notifications and you just click on it and it's really nothing. Like it's not even anyone. It's like someone liked a photo that you were in or somebody it's it's just not real notifications. Yeah. It's not people interacting with me at all. Sometimes it's I get bizarre. ones that are like it's someone liked something else that's not even related to you yes. or anything that you like. I'm like, I don't, why like, am I supposed to care Leave me alone. I, I just don't understand. I would get off of it if it wasn't, um, like, crucial to my actual mm. job. Yeah. Because everyone else is on it. That's the only problem. It's kind of like this. Yeah. I feel social media in general, I think, is this weird hive mentality where, like, everyone yes. else is doing it. Therefore, you so, have to do it. And if it. you aren't, then you miss out. Yeah. Yeah, I also, my husband is from um, the UK, uh-huh. so all of, you know, his family and friends are on Facebook, like his parents and his, you know, aunts and uncles or cousins or sisters, and it's like, not 
and not everybody's on Instagram and not everybody really uses it. There are people that are like, I don't know how to work it. <laughs> you know? so, so, you know, that's a way that we can keep in touch with his family. We can't exactly call them like on the phone because international right. charges and stuff like that. So, and it is because I live 2000 miles away from my family too. So everybody's on there, you know, and it's like, they want to know how you're doing and it's just it's a it's a necessary evil at this point yeah it's interesting because my husband has mostly avoided like all of that Mm -hmm. he's on facebook um but he doesn't really ever log in there Uh, um, almost ever and then he doesn't have twitter he doesn't have instagram he doesn't even know what a boomerang is. Um, <laughs> Lucky. It's very weird what that a, what like, a, we're married. What like, a blissful life, though. Yeah. Like, it ugh. seems so much more relaxing. Yeah. And it's not like, it's weird because he just never got into it. Whereas, yeah. like, if I just stopped, I feel like that wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to. I know. I sort of wish we could go back to, like, pre-social media times like can we just have like a week of the year where we're all like not allowed to log on yeah or something now just have to I, write each yeah. other paper letters <laughs> yeah well like it just would be nice to call someone's home phone <laughs> yeah you know? i don't even have a home I, phone i know my mom does but she works from home so like she's retiring in march and she is like you only can call the home phone for another month and a half, and then we're getting rid of it. Cause I don't need it. <laughs> like, okay, but um, yeah, like I the other day I went to go buy um a bridesmaid dress for my friend's wedding, and they went to like look her up in the system, and I just rattled off her phone number, and she's been one of my best friends since since high school, mm-hmm. and I just rattled off her phone number just off the top of my head, and they're like. Did, did you memorize that? And I was like, oh, yeah, because I used to call her from my home phone when I was 14 years old. Like, right. <laughs> and I still, it's never going to leave my brain. So, but, yeah, like, that stuff is so obsolete now. Yeah. I, I've had to ask my husband what his number is for, like, because we've been filling out uh, green card application forms that we're oh, filing yeah. this week. And so I've been like, what's your phone number? <laughs> I have Don't my even know his phone number. I have my husband's phone number memorized, but I do not know my son's phone number. <laughs> See, and I have my parents <laughs> memorized. I have my brothers, but my brother he just moved out to LA too, so he moved he moved changed his number. I don't know his number now. I know his old number. He changed yeah. his number. Yeah, because he had to he had a work phone. Oh, okay. So he moved out here for a job. Okay, so yeah. It's so weird to think about. Do you, so what do you think, um, I mean, I guess this is hard to predict, but where do you see social media and social media going in the future? And then also, how do you think social media will continue to affect um, the work that you're doing and other advocacy? Um, Well, I hope it doesn't go much farther because (laughs) it's gone far enough. I, I see it as there's part of me that wants to like pour into all of the mediums and, and ways that I can get my point across. Like Mm -hmm. I want to 
you know, I think about, oh, should I try YouTube? And then it's like, oh, I don't want to be that guy. (laughs) Right. Like, and I live in LA where if you walk outside, someone's having a photo shoot, somebody's walking around like an asshole with their (laughs) cameras out and not looking where they're going. They're like making vlogging or something stupid like that. And, And so I don't, I don't want to be that guy and I don't want to like seriously not hear because they, I'm embarrassed for them. <laughs> I think that's where my age, like I'm not old, but like I'm not that that generation. I'm not the youngest generation in adulthood now. Right. So I'm a millennial and they're, what is it? Is it Gen Z? Is that what they are? Uh, I, th- I think so. I don't I think that's I'm not what they sure. Are now. But like I, they are just, they're different and I don't want to be that and I, they, cause I'm so annoyed by them. Right. And that's what, like, I sound old, but I'm so annoyed by them walking around in this city, like not looking where they're going and being an idiot to get likes and shares and, and because everybody wants to get famous, you know? Right. So I just, I hope that that calms down, but I just don't think it's going to because it's a hell of a drug, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think it because is. there's so many people right now that are really, I mean, you're right, they they all want to be famous or gunning for that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I've been saying for years, like, you know, Instagram influencers and all of this stuff, like, when is it going to end? When is, mm-hmm. you know, when are you going to have these opportunities dry up and you're suddenly, you know, yeah. you have to get a real job again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or you just, you... <sighs> at some point no one cares anymore right because we all get older and like just how you know hollywood only uses you till you're if you're a woman gosh they only use you till you're 25 and then you're done right and then you know if you're if you're modeling same thing like a lot of these like instagram models you know you see them i sometimes i'm like are they having babies because it gets them more likes or people are getting old and people are getting tired of them. Sometimes I really wonder if that's why people are... So some of these style bloggers are, like, building their family. <laughs> I mean... It's like I, everybody else does. It's like a chain reaction. Yeah. I do think there's probably a little bit of that. I know mm-hmm. that there are, um, like, DIY bloggers who will just go and buy a new house when they yes. kind of, like, run out of projects in their current house. Yes. So it's the same I'm kind of thing. Like, it's a weird culture. It's a weird yeah. little group of people. But yeah, I think where it's going, I don't know. I, I think it's scary because I, I don't know. I have no ideas for where it's going. And I'm scared <laughs> of it. And um, But I do think that Instagram, weren't they supposed to be like, I thought they were going to take the likes away. They never did that. Um, I think that they started rolling it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what happened with it because, yeah, they didn't fully do it. Um, yeah. I think they should. Yeah. For sure. I know a lot of people are angry about it, but I think that, that is a huge part of what plays into people's addictions yes. in terms of Instagram and social media mm-hmm. in general. Um, and so I think if you got rid of that, that would help a lot. And I, I, I wish I knew what else to do to uh, like we were saying like social media has all this good that can do but also there's so much stuff that it makes people ignore 
and yes in favor of social media which is just yes really dumb i have to it's a constant battle in my own yes. house where youtube all day long mm-hmm. um and i wish i knew the answer in terms of like how to get them off of it yes or even myself like i yeah it's because the, that's the scary part yeah like the kids like you know, like your son and, and younger, like they are literally growing up through a screen, like mm-hmm. the whole way through. Whereas like we watched TV, like we watched Nickelodeon. Yeah. Night, <laughs> and like, uh, I remember we had like a GameCube when I was in junior high, but we would get bored with it, honestly, because it wasn't that good. You know, right. like I couldn't sit on there all day and my brother couldn't either. Because we would get bored and be like, all right, let's go outside. Like I'm, Or, you know, it's morning and then it gets hot outside and so we want to go outside. You know, it, it just doesn't, it, we, it wasn't as addicting back then. Uh, not that I remember. I don't know. I could be wrong. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was. Um, yeah, because we would just automatically go do stuff outside. And yeah, uh, it's like a real struggle to get mm-hmm. kids to go outside these days. You don't really see see a whole lot of kids in our neighborhood even though lots and lots of kids live in our neighborhood yeah uh because they're all inside playing video games and oh i couldn't do it yeah (laughs) but it's like i get why people are like they buy their kid a tablet or i get it like i you know but it's it's scary because it's like well how do you get them off of it and i've seen kids like absolutely lose their shit because their parents took their tablet away or said like okay screen time's over or you know like I have seen kids absolutely have a meltdown over it yeah they don't know how to do it and then I my friend um I used to work with her and she would say that every time she let her kids um have a tablet or something they would become like zombies and then she it would take her hours even after the tablet was out of their hands it would take her hours to for them to snap out of it yeah like they there she noticed like they weren't listening to her like they weren't even comprehending what she was saying because all they could think about was how they just wanted that tablet back and i'm like that's addiction yeah it's (laughs) really kids are junkies that's what that is pretty much yeah (laughs) So that's scary to me, I guess, like, because, I mean, we don't have kids yet, obviously, but we want to have kids. And I'm like, well, I don't even know how you, it's not like you can be like, oh, well, we're not going to use technology in this house because that's dumb. Right. And I think it's especially hard in my household. And I know know there's lots of other families that are like this now where the parents work from home. Mm -hmm. Um, Both my husband and I work from home. We our jobs are internet based. Yeah. Um, and so it's really hard for us to be that good example of like, mm-hmm. well, we're not going to be on the screens. You're not going to be on social media and all this stuff when like, I literally have to be on social media for my right. job. And that's just the world we live in now. Yeah. Like you can't bring them up and be like, oh yeah, you're, you're a hippie. <laughs> they're going to get to the real world, have to find a job and be like, well, I don't know how to type right computer or i don't know how to i don't know whatever it is that is going to be the job in you know 10 years yeah. i have no idea oh, no it's scary not sure <laughs> but like people you know like we used to joke like in the like late 90s or i mean 2000s too that was like 
oh, robots are going to take over the world. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of don't need to because mm-hmm. the computers that we have turned us into robots. Yes. So. We're the robots. <laughs> the plot twist. <laughs> I suppose that's a really depressing way to end the podcast. Yeah. But um, why don't we talk about what is giving us joy this week? Okay. So you go first. Um, it's been a very stressful week. <laughs> yeah, already it's um, Tuesday, but it's Tuesday, it but rough. it's been, and I didn't even have school yesterday, but it's been so stressful. Just projects for school and the podcast that we launched this week, and um, but uh, today, I mean, and I have terrible anxiety, so today uh, it was a, a just a rough day, and I guess my husband um brought roses home. So that was Aww. a nice touch. And then we just, you know, cooked dinner and sat down and just, that was nice to just have something really simple and among all the complexities going on in our lives right now. That is really nice. Yeah. Nice, quiet moment. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's needed a lot of the time. Yes, for sure. Yeah. Um. So I started writing a recipe column for a local magazine, and the first one came out not that long ago, and it's actually kind of funny that we were just talking about social media because the people who are the demographic of this magazine are not on social media. Mm. They're like 50-year-old plus in general. Um and they write like actual letters and emails into the magazine for their oh, comments. That's interesting. And so they, a, a couple of people had sent some really nice comments in. And so that's kind of what's bringing me joy is like that juxtaposition of um, like real people still are out there. Like a dear Trying Abby. to connect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's nice. That's like, and th- those people aren't as mean, you know, they're like. I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I hope I not. Maybe not. I don't want to know if they're mean. I, I know. I hope they only send me but the nice But it's like, it's a letters. recipe blog, right? So like, yeah, well, it's a magazine. Or... It's a magazine. Um, It's a, it's a magazine put out by a, a power co-op. That, so Texas has uh, power co-ops that bring power to mostly rural oh, okay. areas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. so they have their own magazine and they have a recipe section oh, cool. that's really popular. And so I recently took that over. Um okay but yeah it's uh it's interesting because it it, i think it's um it's kind of a challenge i think trying to write for that different demographic but it's really fun that's cool though that's cool that was awesome i'm so glad kelsey could join us this week we hit on social media so it only seems fitting that next week we should talk about friendships Join us back here next week as we chat about finding your people as you get older, maintaining relationships when lives get busy, and more. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd Rather Stay in Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you soon.